We gon' rise up, we on fire Crowd is hyped up, whole team hyped up Running hard for them 10 yards, that's a first down Dirty bird in the end zone, that's a touchdown Yo, Aiden, do the thing. What's good, Creamers? What's good, Creamers? Welcome back to the Half and Half podcast. This is episode 124, actually. It's more than I thought. Look at us. Wow. Still doing it. On the way. On the way. Everyone doubted us. No one believed we'd be here. Mm -hmm. Remember, everybody, your biggest haters are yourself sometimes so never give up despite those intrusive thoughts after one episode and just going like is this worth it is it worth it and eventually get stuck in the podcast with no end in sight <laughs> exactly it's the treadmill in fact yep. sometimes i wonder is purgatory just recording a podcast that never i mean probably um an episode that goes on way too long but never ends exactly like, so like, our next the, topic uh <laughs> and there's just bits that never have like a conclusion they just go on yeah. forever and ever and ever just and like before you know it you like, become like typical man podcast and like you just like you just train you keep evolving you keep transforming it to different types of podcasts so this is these are five easy steps you can take to become an alpha male <laughs> This is how you uh, triple your Bitcoin wallet in two easy steps. <laughs> One, well, I mean, give that's, me all I of feel... your Ethereum. Two, I give you <laughs> access to Discord. Well, I was going to say, I think there's an easy way to access to triple your Bitcoin. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Speaking of intrusive thoughts. Jesus. Oh, my God. What? Bitcoin. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Well, I guess cream coin is back, right? Cream coin <laughs> is back, baby. Not oh cream corn, cream coin. Yeah. Get it well, while it's I, hot. I, I was say, I, I have a quick and easy step to triple your Bitcoin this on. Hmm. Okay, so you buy a Bitcoin, right? Yeah. You buy two more Bitcoin. Triple. Tripled it. Started with, actually, you started with zero, now you have three, so it's mm, more than tripling, true. yeah. Time and if you want to get into NFTs, uh, just go see Moonfall and don't get the NFT <laughs> that they promised you. I never got the NFT. I'm so pissed. <laughs> I, I never thought, I never thought you would I be bad about NFTs because like, you didn't was, get one. Or it was the dumbest promotion I've ever heard. And I was so ready. And they didn't even it, follow they, through on it. No, it, it's, it's BS. It's terrible. Oh my goodness. I, I'm, I'm pissed, man. I'm still pissed about that. Well, I don't even, I mean, if, you, if you're new, how rude, I didn't even introduce ourselves. I, of course, am Vasant Rambas, joined by the illustrious Aiden Mangan, who's very pissed about his I'm lack pissed. of Moonfall NFTs. You were also pissed. Uh, we're going to banter a bit. Today is going to be a music episode. We're yeah. going to be reviewing an album, which the title probably has given it away, but we will tell you shortly. So stick around if you're interested in that but uh something else that got you angry is me telling you that the fire emblem ocs are ugly the new you're one. wrong man you're wrong they man. are ugly also you're wrong 
We're talking about this because, like, was it yesterday that decided to be like a video game central? Like, Sony did their thing, right? State of yeah, play. Nintendo Direct and like Sony responded with their own state of play. Exactly. Kind of like the nerdiest, watched. like the nerdiest, like this track war you could possibly exactly. do. Basically. Um, I guess like just to run through for here, like the Nintendo Direct was pretty like I. I get why people were a little annoyed with it because it really was just a lot of farming simulators and that was uh, interesting that that was the theme of it, you know. <laughs> I'm not surprised because someone said this, and I'm like, actually, if you think about it, it makes sense that a lot of games in that ilk, the Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley is probably like the best farming simulator ever made. I think most people mm-hmm. would say. I mean, some of the Facebook people back when Facebook did games would argue that the farm sim thing on there was the best thing ever. But yeah. Stardew Valley, I've played it. A little bit it's not like it's good it's not for me but i do see it's really good because it's a very much like a you play at your own pace Mm -hmm. you do what you want you harvest your crops you sell them you make relationships with the town folk it's a very cute relaxing game and you can play at your own pace there's like i think there's like time based like real time events based on seasons and stuff like that but you don't have to partake in those so it's a very much like a like, I think the classic example is, like, if you're in school or you have work, it's one of those that you, like, get on and you can play for, like, an hour and feel productive and feel good and feel relaxed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that game is – that – if we're talking farming simulators, like, that's what you think of. And I think that game is so successful. And games of that style are really successful because if you think about it, right, we're still – like, we're in, like, a – I say post-pandemic loosely, but we're in a post-pandemic world, right? But – during the pandemic, games like this were like what people were playing, right? Something to as an outlet, you could just they were relaxing. You didn't have to think too much about what was going on. It was fun. You could get immersed in it. It's like Animal Crossing, but I would say Stardew Valley is better than Animal Crossing. But it's in the same vein, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like Nintendo sees an opportunity because like those games apparently are increasing in popularity, and that's like the poster boy for that genre. They've done it kind of with Animal Crossing. They're like, hey, let's make more. Yeah, no, I respect, I I respect it, their game. But, like, they, I think there was a little... I get why people were... Lo- there was a little much of it. Like, there was multiple. Yeah. Like, they did not need that many farming games. No, probably not. But, you know, like, I also got Fire Emblem, and I also got Breath of the Wild 2 and Pikmin A lot of 4, JRPGs, so. too. A lot of JRPGs, yeah. Not just, like, Fire Emblem, which is probably the most notable of the bunch well i mean there's final fantasy in there which yeah final fantasy was i i I don't know anything about the franchise so i can't speak on it it looked like is it a remake or something or what i i think so it's simultaneously one of the best and worst video game franchises ever made yeah that's what that's how i understand that your brother larry when we were were talking about the stuff that was real that he was like half of them are going to be really good and half of them are going to suck and it's going to be great Mm -hmm. of all of the jrpgs um Pikmin 4, after, like, disappearing for, like, four years, finally got announced. Yeah, and I'm happy about that one, too. That was Pikmin. good. That was a... I yeah. think of all... I think it's nice that Breath of the Wild 2 now has a title. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, right? Yep. Also, it could be Tears, Tears, of Tears of the Kingdom, in the sense of, like, I, 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 I think it's yeah, Tears, I didn't but think about that. I do like the <laughs> double... Like, I do like the unintentional, like, the kingdoms also fall, like, it's you know rip mm-hmm. apart or whatever uh also the jokes about this is why they couldn't live stream the direct in the uk were really funny because it's called i think that's just the truth 
Yeah, so for those uh, who don't know, these are live streamed events. Usually you can yeah. hop on and watch these revealed in real time. But in the UK, Nintendo, their UK wing said they're not going to live stream it, but they'll upload like the full video of it after it's done. And people thought it was really stupid. And I still think it's stupid, even after the potential reason being that one of the games is called Tears of the Kingdom. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is just PC culture gone crazy, Hassan. This is, as, as, we, um, as we approach becoming an alpha podcast more and more these days, as one, yeah. so many as part of our it. as part of the endless train track of podcasting, mm-hmm. the full circle, you have to eventually circle through the pits of hell. Well, I mean, we Andrew Tate being banned by everything leaves a gap that I think we just have to <laughs> happen. fill. Totally. He's so, like his ban happened so quickly. I'm happy it did, but it was hilarious how quick it happened. It was like in a week, right? They all did it like back yeah, to back to yeah. back to back. Good, by the way. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's pretty sick, yeah. Uh, but yeah, now that he's been banned, it's just it's time for us to rise as the Alpha Podcast. According to your your according what? No, you you go ahead. I'll say it after. I was gonna say, according to your podcast lore, we have gone from, in mm-hmm. Aiden Mangan's words, the alt right podcast from and and in Basant's words and in Basant's words to the to the. To the Andrew Tate void filler. Yeah, so we were the we were the alt right podcast for women. Then we were a like resistance pro Biden uh, group. Really awesome. And uh, really awesome. And now we're back to uh, we're going to uh, Alpha podcast. Absolutely, totally. Yeah. Which is why I think it's so whack that. Well, first of all, I think it's great that there's so many games about farming, right? The manliest activity. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's honest work. Getting back <laughs> to our roots. Well, yeah. no, I'm not making farmers, but I'm saying it's return. a return tradition. The men in the field working. You know that Twitter clip that was going around of those guys working on machinery covered in dirt? Definitely a human, like, ethics violation. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. It's that. Like that the, is what we are doing. Absolutely. Anyway, I didn't... By the way, the, thi- the thing I've been going to mention was... um. I have had an outbreak of fruit flies in my apartment. Oh, and you those little I, I, I'm going to murder every single one of them, man. <laughs> they are so annoying. Oh, yeah, they're the worst. Yeah, I, I, I ordered some traps off Amazon, you know, and hopefully Bezos. You're gonna start trapping? Like, yeah. I'm going to start trapping. But, like, the thing was, like, these, the, what happened was I, like, I, I just know like I, I I figured out that there's a small like it's hard to explain but my window right next to the kitchen right mm-hmm. it um is slightly like misaligned so if you okay. pull it all the way down it's a little bit open still are they getting in so I think they're getting in through that and then they just go into my kitchen and I had like bread in like a plastic container out and it seems they all swarmed on that so that's it's just been trying my, to get uh, bread dog don't hate the hustle i, I hate their hustle i'm gonna kill all of them. <laughs> this is a hater message i'm going to kill all of you i'm going to commit murder on every single one of these fruit flies and i will not feel the least bit bad i've already killed a few 
But once these traps come in, it's their day of reckoning is coming, right? Yeah, I I just want to say like this just shows kind of the growth of the podcast and like us as people at this point. I'm a homeowner now, or a renter, really. I'm a (laughs) home renter. You're like most, and therefore, you're a renter. Yeah. Fruit flies in the past wouldn't even thought of them. Now, as a renter, I I want them all to die. (laughs) They either gotta pay (laughs) up or shut up, dog. They ain't paying to be here. Nothing's free in this world. Nothing's free. <laughs> um, I do want to say because I was going to say it after we mentioned the yeah. Zelda stuff. Uh, other yeah. game things of note, I'll say real quick: Yakuza. Happy it's coming mm-hmm. out on Xbox, so your brother doesn't jump off a building. Um, Yakuza. I want to play it. I just don't own a console for it because <laughs> mm-hmm. they refuse to release it on Switch. Because the Yakuza developer, his excuse. I think the real reason is the Switch can't run it, but. His reasoning is the Switch is a family console. Meanwhile, Bayonetta three is coming out as well. I mean, I th- I I think um, the Switch being a family console is like a really funny. Uh... Bayonetta is on the Switch. That's why I think it's funny. There's also other M-rated games on there too. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think. Um... But by, by the way, I just got sent the uh, set list for the Denzel Curry concert we're going to. It seems like it's going to be like an hour and a half of music. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to a Denzel months. Curry concert. Woo, woo. Yeah, the Samp is in need of a guy's night. Um, so I pulled together some people I know from high school and him. And this man, after being dude depraved, is going to be mainlining dude all night. Dude depraved. Oh man, but yeah, it'll be fun. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll. I don't know. Maybe we'll record a video of us while we're there. Not just, just I mean, for the Twitter. Just say so that people know yeah. we're, we're we're. This isn't some. <laughs> I've not actually been taken to an intervention. I'm not being taken to an empty venue where there's just a bunch of guys and they're like, "This is an intervention because you've been alone." It, it, it is an intervention. You you need some dude in your life. <laughs> you need some dude in your life. Dude, perfect. Yeah, um, but. What I was trying to get to was, I want to wrap the video game talk real quick because we talked about Nintendo Direct, State of Play a little bit because you yeah. from Sony, your fruit fly problem, and we like it only in passing, only in reference to the lack of a Nintendo Direct live stream. Did we mention the Queen passing since the last time we recorded? Oh yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about that. And that kind of, <laughs> and I, I said it to say it shows how little we care because I don't. I'm sorry to all the British fans out there. I don't care. I, I'd like to remind. I, I'd like to read a text that I got from Leah, friends of the show, um, former guest, uh, probably oh, yeah. future guest at one point. Happily ever after, or some shit. Whatever you guys reviewed on the the oh, now yeah, yeah, defunct yeah. aided cinephile. Hey, not defunct, not defunct, not defunct. Extended hiatus. Yeah, every single episode has an extended hiatus after. Okay, that's what keeps the people wanting. That's what keeps more. the people coming. They're begging mm-hmm. for the next one. Yeah, I actually ahead. have an idea for an episode. It's gonna be a little different. Oh, he's been in the lab. He's been in the but lab. But I, 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 I have a, an idea. I'm not gonna say it yet because if it doesn't come out, then I'm gonna look like a fool. They're not accountable. But, <laughs> yeah, I won't be accountable. But I have an idea for. So. Oh, I look forward to it. But what did what did Leah send you? Uh, so we released an episode the day the Queen died, or the day after the Queen died, I believe. No, it was the day the Queen before. died because she died yeah. on the NFL opening night. Because I remember someone. You're right. First yep. of all, I remember watching the broadcast and their weird moment of silence that they put in, and then also 
during halftime, there was like a weird aside where they talked about the Queen, and they said like, you know, uh, you know, they said like NBC will keep you updates or whatever, whatever. And then the reporter went, but we've been waiting for this for a long time. In reference to football, mm. when it came back, <laughs> but it just sounded like everyone, and then everyone was cheering, cracked me up. But yes, the Queen did die the day we dropped our yeah. guide to finding an NFL team. I would like to make it clear. Yeah, I would like to make it clear because she texted me, "Are y'all going to get canceled for not acknowledging the Queen's death on the podcast?" We recorded that episode a week before she died. Now we are acknowledging. Basant, are you sad? No, neither am I. We acknowledged it. (laughs) Okay, is it historical? Absolutely, it's a historic event. I mean, she's a part of the monarchy, and she was alive for she was not ninety six, right? When she, Mm -hmm. yeah. But also, like, I think the monarchy's stupid. They've done terrible things. I'm my parents are Indian. They've they they've stolen so much shit from the country. Why the hell would I feel sad about it? The fact that there's people in India who simp and love the monarchy is weird to me. Free yourselves from the chains, my brother, because what are we doing? Listen, my brothers and sisters, we do not need to simp for the monarchy. Okay, we beat the shit out of England in cricket. We can't beat them in any other sport because we don't play any of the other ones that well. But we mm-hmm. beat them in cricket, and we we don't need to. We don't. We can we can make fun of them on Twitter. This is where we win. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I just I'm, I just don't care. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm Irish, so oh, Aiden's been celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been, I haven't been celebrating like my uh, friends across the pond. <laughs> like but... the video, like the tweets about like people celebrating in their neighborhood or there was one where at an Irish uh, football or soccer match, they were chanting Lizzie's in a box. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if I were to be sad about the Queen's death, I would be betraying my heritage and I can't. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. In all honesty, it's because like, I understand mm -hmm. like, look, she helped with decolonization, right? Because during her reign in England. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't excuse all the terrible things that the monarchy represents that she was complicit in all the and granted it's they're so like weirdly secretive about things but there's so much mm-hmm. stuff about this things that they do behind the scenes from like grooming philia to their mistreatment of people who aren't white which you can see that i don't think that has to be yeah i mean we, we literally just that's just Meghan markle like we quite literally and that's like the within like, their like, own family yeah, like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's like the tip of the iceberg if that tells you all you need to know they've done so much worse so like it's one of yeah. those things where i acknowledge it's historic i get like your older british people people in the uk people in europe even people from like you know india and stuff like people places that had british culture ingrained or people who care even in the states I get it. If you want to grieve, I'm not going to come up to you and tell you to shut the fuck up. I also just think it's really funny, though, how, like, there's this contingent of people who are really upset about it, and then there's just a bunch of people online who are like, we don't care. And they're, like, making jokes about her meeting Princess Diana and hell and all that other stuff. So, you know, all in all, and- she's dead. We've acknowledged it. She is indeed dead. They are Her casket's doing its, like, tour or whatever before it gets laid in its final place or whatever. Yeah, Charles will be king for like 10 years. I hope these are the 10 years he wanted because he's been waiting for a while. And my friends that are of British descent, um, I'm sorry that I'm not very sympathetic in the matter or whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm not um, trying to like or that I'm not like that I'm not being like particularly upset about the Queen's death, but um also she lived a good I, mean, I will say wife, man. She's ninety six. Yeah, but but also she was ninety some years old and I can't really like I, I, I look I just don't have any attachment to the monarchy. I don't. It's just not and I think weird. it's weird in general. If you yeah. do look, I'm sorry, I think it's weird. I'm not gonna say you can't be sad, but I just think it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not only did she live to be 96, she lived in like the lap of luxury, right? It's not like she was, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like she lived to be 96 and like half of her life was poverty or she was impoverished and had to pull herself up. She's a monarch, dude. I mean, yeah, she was born into royalty. Yeah, that institution represents so much that people don't mm-hmm. like that you're not going to get much sympathy out of a lot of people, including me and including just people in England. I think, I think it skews younger the people who don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like it's they're figureheads. They don't do anything anymore either. They don't mean anything to a lot of people in, in modern times, anyway. So, but there you go. It, it was it was funny. I, I have a coworker whose um, mom is from England. He's a dual citizen, U.S. and England. And I told him I was like, "Oh, Queen died." He went, "Oh, rip," and then moved on. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, dude." It's just because, like, it, 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 part of it's obviously we live in the U.S., so like, it doesn't yeah. mean as much. And I think it's really weird that, like, uh, uh, um, you know, it's really weird that, like, I don't know how to put this in words. I just think it's the coverage has been a little excessive. Like, her death is a mm-hmm. big deal historically, but like, people, like, it's like we're just, it's like you know, the news always does this. It's like, oh, we're just standing outside watching people walk around and be sad. It's like, yeah, yeah. Do that. You know, I get wanting to be there for like when what Charles gets sworn in and following the coffin, all of that. But like, you know, the moment of silence before the football game doesn't make any sense. That was that just felt like why it's a it's a sport. Mm-hmm. It's not even like a sport that like the British partake in. You know what I mean? No. American yeah. football, right? It's like it's like what the like yeah. I'm sure Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs looking sad really means a lot to the people of. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. There's yeah. our acknowledgement, as Aiden said. We did not just decide to record an episode about the NFL and not talk about it. Yeah. Also, we very rarely, and it's on. I mean, it's on me because like I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I I don't have the grind set to record and edit the episode in the same day most of the time. We will rarely record and upload in the same day. So trust me. Yeah. We we need an intern for that, man. <laughs> we don't have the money for an intern. You don't have to pay interns. <laughs> corporate America does agree with you, Aiden. That's true. I, I, I've been corporatized. <laughs> it's all part of your descent. You're like a fruit fly. You're, you're like a, you were gonna genocide the fruit flies. Mm-hmm. Right. You're yeah, now, of, I, I like I, I've been like you know, between people and fruit flies so much these past few days that I, I don't even know the difference anymore. Oh my god. Aiden has murderous intent, has become a corporate American, and is, is looking they're to, all bugs to embrace me. tradition. Yeah, they're all bugs to me now. I don't know, man. Everything's a bug. I will squash everything. You really, that's a great <laughs> great Tinder buyer. You're all yeah. insects to me. And mm-hmm. I am six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. I guess is that enough Queen talk? Like, is is that? Do you think that fills the? I, I think we talked about the Queen and like. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know yeah. how I feel about it? I mean, if you, I mean, I'm, my Twitter is private, so if you do follow me, 
I don't know, Aiden. Is yours private? I've never actually checked. Mine's not private. Yeah. I don't know about Aiden. I say like, with my... my chest. Okay, sure. <laughs> my likes are a bu- If you scroll up far enough in my likes, you'll find a bunch of me liking, you know, jokes about the queen because that's just how I feel. But she is dead. This is true. We acknowledge it. R.I.P. Lizzie. Right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. I think that's enough banter about because we've got an album to dissect and those are always a length it's a lengthy process so we're gonna yeah hop yeah. into it uh, i'm gonna go ahead and introduce what it is and we'll take a short break as we sort of get our call situation all set up and mm-hmm. then we're gonna go ahead and dive in to the forever story by jid by jid dreamful artist very talented rapper released this album a few weeks ago at the end of august august 26th and we're gonna go ahead and review it so stay tuned for that and we'll talk to you in a bit And we're back. So before we get into the actual album, I think because this album does kind of represent sort of not the closing, I hope not the closing of a career, but it represents, I think, a closing of a stage of Jid's career. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, thematically. So like, I think it's good maybe to start with like, you know, Aiden, like when did you first hear of Jid? How did you get into him? Like, what was the, do you remember? Post debut, pre-second album. So in That's the gap between the Never yeah. Story and DiCaprio too. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think about like what song maybe got me into him, but I think he was getting pushed a little more during that time. He was doing stuff with Dreamville. Yeah. Right. Because he had been but... signed. That first album was his signing album. So mm-hmm. it was probably Hereditary, I think, was the first song I heard. It's a good song. Yeah. Off the Never Story. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, for me, Jid was, uh, I don't watch them as much. I still like them, but uh, I watch Dead End Hip Hop from time to time nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I used to watch them a lot more religiously when the Never Story came out and they reviewed it and they were saying such good things about it. I was like, oh, I should go check this out. Yeah. And it was really, really good. I loved it. Um, and so I've been hooked. I've been a Jid person ever since. Yeah. A Jidiot. I- I think as he calls them sometimes. I, I think you I think you were probably the one that first showed me his music, honestly. Because it was like I once know. I because he, he blew up in 2017. And then I definitely didn't hear him in high school. So you probably were the first one to show me his music, I bet. No, I, I, I will take that as like just evidence that I'm a tastemaker, a trend. <laughs> but no, I really yeah. like Number yeah. Story was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I was super excited when he like released it on vinyl, like in somewhat of a limited quantity for the first time. Yeah. And I look forward to whenever the Forever Story comes out on vinyl, getting that so I can complete. Because I guess there's sort of a trilogy, right? Even though like name wise, there's the Never Story, then the Forever Story. I think DiCaprio 2 thematically still slots in the middle, both chronologically and just the way the sounds and the, the concepts kind of flow Mm -hmm. from the never story dicaprio to the forever story so it feels weird like saying this but there is there is like it feels we're saying this for a guy who's on dreamville who's got the j cole co-sign who has become i think amongst many dreamville fans like their favorite behind j cole you know someone who's on yeah kills all his performances on the dreamville collab tapes He's always good on any feature he gets pulled on. 
Uh, he's the only guy who's managed to inject a life into an Imagine Dragons song. So, <laughs> and then proceed to get removed from it, by the way. Not yeah, by Imagine it, Dragons, I'll add. It's like the radio and like, I personally think it's really weird. Like there's weird optics when there's YouTube videos of a song that removes the only rap verse. And like, I understand if like it's bad, but like, I know it's subjective, but it just, do you get what I'm saying? It feels weird that, that his verse yeah, gets yeah. thrown to the side by the radio and some of the fans mm-hmm. of the Magic Dragons or League. I will say the band is not complicit in this, by the way. I'm not putting that on them. But he's done so much, but it feels like this album feels like a crowning achievement in many ways, or maybe it's because it rep, it, it's such a, it's so interesting seeing where he is now and then thinking about where it began for a lot of people, which is the Never Story. And then obviously it's a nice title going from never story to forever story yeah definitely and i don't know if like you did you feel that like while listening to the album was there like sort of if because there does it's not like he's this album isn't him saying like you know i'm here and i'm done but there is a little you can you know there is a there, there's a of, certain finality to it like a bit of closure uh for at like, least like, this like, arc yeah yeah for this arc of his career um yeah, I don't believe he's going to, like, come out and say, like, I'm retired after this or anything. He did throw but, that out when he was talking about his albums when Deca- around DiCaprio two times. He said, I'm doing mm-hmm. one more and it's going to be the forever story. But I don't know if that was, like, his head. Because, like, if you listen to some of the songs here, I get where the headspace comes from of, like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this after a while. So yeah. I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's probably found, like, you know, mentally, hopefully things have you know, maybe he's gone through some stuff, gotten better, and maybe he's in a better space where he's like, no, nah, I want to keep building this out. But, I mean, regardless, it's a very good trilogy to start a career. Most rappers don't have a trilogy like this in their entire discography, let alone for it to be, like, his initial, like, sort of three-part mm-hmm. stories. It's, it's very impressive. But I guess we should actually talk about the album, like, the actual songs. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Galaxy's kind of like a pretty sounding intro. It's if you've listened to the Never Story, it's very similar to the intro on that, which is a very similar yep. kind of there's a little bit of talking and then this really well sung, beautiful sort of refrain or a couple of lines. It's really pretty. It's really nice. Um, and I think this one, like obviously, plays off the messaging of the album. Uh, something about forever can't be too far away from never stay where you are you are everyone's a star every day's the move which that that line is from the intro of the never story so mm-hmm. yeah so it makes sense as like a full circle kind of moment mm-hmm. i don't think there's much else to say it's really pretty it's really short too it clocks in it's very pretty yeah it's very pretty. i would it's one of those things where like i think if you listen to the album from start to finish you enjoy hearing it but it's not like I don't go back to it because it's so short. You know, I'm not. Yeah, it's not really like uh, something you go back to. Like, oh, I really want to throw in that intro right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a pretty like sort of opening little kind of nugget, but it's not a full song yeah. or anything. But then we get into Radar, which I, dude, I I was shocked when I heard this the first time. Nothing can really prepare you for how the song works. No. <laughs> From, from that intro of just like the radar, sonar, laser beams, jets, yes, tanks, tanks submarines, megathons, yeah. H-pombs, napalm. Yeah, it, so like the first little intro, it's like pretty, it's kind of relaxing. And then you get into song one and you've got this sampled sort of radar, sonar, laser beams, jets, tanks. Mm-hmm. Like it's this sampled refrain. 
I was not prepared for when the beat kicks in in the middle of the sample. Like they're saying yeah. the word, and he yeah. just hops in, and the beat everything just comes in at once. I had to like I literally replayed like the first thirty seconds of the song a couple times mm-hmm. just to like it's it's so sick. It's like a punch in the face. Like I'm here. Like yeah, no, it was crazy. It kicks right in, and the first thing I like first of all the fact like it really like jumped in basically like before you thought it would. But the thing that really was like, that was like crazy to me was like the beat on it is so wild, and Jizz was like, on this too. yeah." And I was like, "Where is the pocket in this? Like, the how is he hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, like there, it feels like there's no pocket to rapping, but he does like three different flows like through the song. Like he sounds so comfortable, and you know, yeah. like when rappers switch flows, sometimes. And it's hard to do, like, I mean, I'm not a rapper, but, like, it's hard to do, like, the, like, going from flow to flow. Sometimes it can be, like, can be a really, like, abrupt, like, you can tell when a, like, you can tell when a flow switches, but there's a smooth switch into a new one, and it's kind of, like, mm-hmm. a more abrupt, like, okay, this flow stops, this flow starts. He goes in and out of flows, like, with, like, they move, yeah. move so easily to his different pockets, and you can't even, really, you don't even notice sometimes that he switched it up for a second, mm-hmm. takes a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. He's in that tier, like I, you know, like off the top, like Killer Mike, Pusha T, Freddie, uh, Kendrick, Denzel, Vin. Like, there's these rappers who are so good that they it's effortless, right? Mm, yeah, he's, absolutely. He's been there, but like, just wanted to reiterate, he is that. He is him. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. Oh, he's him. He's him. It's insanity how good he is. Uh, yeah. Is there anything specific on the track that stood out to you? I mean, obviously his flow is great. The beat is hilariously. It's like it's hilarious because there's like no pocket to me, but there is one. Yeah. And he finds it and it's amazing. I just think a lot of like his wordplay in general. And like it's not just like this song only, it's like the entire album. It's just very good here. Like I'm trying to find a good example. Like here, like and this is more just like about like how he just like puts these words together. It's not necessarily like it's like um it's just like how nice this all sounds together. I'm a canine straight in the pack looking for Jiddy. He's taking it back, cracking a whip, whipping the crack. Just like them crackers that did to the blacks. Just like they thought I was finishing attacking. A beast awoke and I peel out the kraken. They interfere and I fear when I'm rapping. Uh, but I ain't rapping. This is spiritual. Shed a tear so curate when miracles happen. Huh. Mirror, mirror, what the fuck are you <laughs> It's like the fact that like I, I'm I'm like tripping over my words, just like reading it a little bit. And him just being able to do that over the beat is so like stupid. Like I yeah, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how he does that. that and his, crazy. his Wayne inspiration shows up a lot because he's, mm-hmm. he's he like chuckles and he's funny. Like in the beginning, right? He talks about the like, you know. I got the shit that you could. I got the shit you could play for your mama, and then he whispers and says, "I got the shit you could play for the love of your mama." Like, yep, yeah, like he's funny, he's charismatic, mm-hmm. and like he he alliterates really well. Like, you know, it Decatur with the K and the cult. There's a lot of cut noises, and like that mm-hmm. repetition sounds sick. Yeah, absolutely. He plays with syllables in a way that is done by very few. Raiders like the. It's a perfect intro track because it literally punches you in the face because you don't expect mm-hmm. it to do what it does. And he sounds so good. The beat switches too to keep things entertaining. He sounds really aggressive too on that beat switch when he talks about, you know, getting some murder on, drop the top on your convertible, how we feeling should concern you. 
something like you know that type of stuff yeah definitely wow dude like i i heard the first song and i was like okay so we're, this is what we're doing huh like I, yeah like, i immediately like i i don't know about you to me i think this is his best album like i'm just gonna like no, no, it's I, the best I, album. like it's not the like best just completely album. just be real about it. this is like right from this track i was like okay yeah this is gonna be his best album like i just knew yeah, this track alone, I was like, it's it's like everything that he's done on Never Story mm-hmm. and DiCaprio too, but like polished. Like the yeah. up, it's like when you watch like an athlete, you know, for it's a good analogy, right? An athlete who like you know they're good, they've got potential, and they've been getting, getting better and better, and then they just have that season where like everything is operating at the highest level. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what this is. Also, I do like the little like the football interlude that like kind of plays in the track. But like, we have a penalty flag at the thirty yard mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. The album has some hilarious, like hol- hilarious. Not like it's funny, but like it's just so wild how they sample random things and put them in, and it sounds really good. Absolutely, yeah. But we won't belabor too long on just this one song, so we'll move on to the next one, "Dance Now." This is the lead single, featuring your boy Kenny Mason on the hook. So funny. And so good, the song. Like, the reason I say funny is, like, one particular part. But, like, one thing I want to say, look, Kenny, um, I know we've had our differences in the past. I, I really like you, and I'm really rooting for you. I'm sorry that, like, I put your last album on the worst of list last year. It, it was a strong year. It's not your fault. It wasn't, like, the worst album I've ever heard. But you are very talented. <laughs> oh, he's, and... he's on the hook twice on this album yeah crushes it both times yeah and i'm happy to see him getting looks like this from bigger artists because i really think he is talented um but i really love his debut album too so yeah but yeah i just want to say he's also that. from um, atlanta yeah yeah so him and jade loud linking up makes a lot of sense yeah so the sample on this one is great the bum that sample is crazy hook is great you know and let her dance again. And then the whole, like, the dance now, like, Jid gets really, like, aggressive, too, on that part as well. Oh, yeah, that 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 part is awesome. Just, like, uh, that post-chorus, just dance now. Bang. Dance. Bang. Dance. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, like, Kenny Mason's, like, really nice-sounding sort of vocals where he mm-hmm. says, you know, to live in the land, it's in you dance with the devil, you'll never dance again. And, like, that whole, the song is structured amazingly. Like, first, like, mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah. I mean, we're gonna say this over and over again. His rapping is ridiculous. Like, I don't, I, I yes. can't. You can't. Like, if I was a rapper and listened to this, a part of me would be inspired to do better, but part of me would want to quit because how do you get mm-hmm. this good? Yeah, no, incredible. I mean, the 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 funny part to me is, is the second verse, how he starts his it. accent, his, his his accent and the flow he does is so funny. He just goes, "I'm not the two stepping man." I said I do not dance. Like it's, it's a going like, inside what? my pants and the whole words in, in my hands. It depends. It depends. Penny for Penny for your sins. Speeding up, and I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Also, the I can't stop revenge. I was like, also, I, like it's it's so funny. I I know it's so bad. So good. The alliteration again. Mama said the messiahs and moccasins. Like that sounds mm-hmm. great. Like it makes things sound better. I don't think I've ever heard a rapper do more alliterations. And yeah, it sounds sick. And my yeah. favorite part is before the initial chorus, like when it hits for the mm-hmm. first time and he does the, you know, you know, when he says, let me let, let me bear it all when I'm telling God, you know, I'm a rant when I talk to Jaw. And then he gets really aggressive in the pre-chorus where he's like, oh, yeah, damn just... lie. And no dapper, no hand sanitize. We're going to slide on your man <laughs> landslide. There's a knot in my pants and caught like it, it's, so good. He's 
yeah, it's the song. It's once again productions at a high level. Features mm-hmm. with Kenny does a great job on the hook, and then he's just at an absurd level rapping. And it's not just rapidy rap, right? It like he makes it sound so good with alliteration, the way the syllables interact with, with each other. Mm-hmm. I bet Jid probably. I bet this isn't a common Jid comparison, but like sometimes when I hear him, I think of LP from Run the Jewels because LP from Run mm-hmm. the Jewels is a lot of stuff for the in. Like, the words rhyme, but it's, like, the middle of the word that rhymes with the other. Like, he does a lot of internal rhyming stuff. And Jid kind of does the same thing where he plays with where the rhyme yeah. is. It's not always at the end. It's, like, the lines sound similar in the middle. The words sound similar in the middle. It's not necessarily at the end. So, like, he's just playing with, like, I, all these concepts so easily. They sound great. I'm also going to say something, like, okay, I think, like, Wayne is probably, like, one of his biggest inspirations it's apparent um, on certain songs i would say yeah <laughs> so. but i think it like he kind of reminds me and this sounds like an insult to his like recent years but like i promise it like, i i swear it's a compliment in a way he reminds me of eminem a little bit yeah with the alliterations um the different voices he can kind of do he, the um, accents yeah the, the complex rhyming that m really loved doing back like m is obsessed with trying to do complex rhymes now he just yeah. his content is not as good um that's more about like how many syllables can i throw in here and like you know but um it, it like it does remind me of like that peak eminem too which again when eminem was younger he was a really really good rapper like oh so yeah it I, is a compliment Wayne, like, M, i think outcast yeah. that stuff show i think the outcast, no, outcast really in some of the other songs too yeah definitely so the, he's he's like an amalgamation of his influences but he does it his own way right like you're not like yeah it's not like Sometimes logic has been critiqued because he sounds a lot like the person he's trying to like sort of yeah. Lo- logic like. sometimes just straight up copies. Like it's like yeah. not even. It's like but I think Jid. It's yeah. like you can hear the like you can hear like oh this sounds like a Wayne inspired thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. like an M inspired thing, but it's it's not like straight up one to one, right? The Jid yeah, thing, definitely. and you can see where the lineage comes from. So I think that's the the difference, but. Yeah, I want to keep it. We can keep it moving. Speaking of M, what Prime yeah. Eminem did really well was tell stories, and yes. Crack Sandwich has the sickest story to me. I love this song. Absolutely, this song love Crack Sandwich. Song. Great Is this song. Your favorite title, song right? on the album? It might have to be, dude, because first of all, the storytelling is yeah. great. I think the song title is funny. Um, yeah. Also, the first line of the song from him is, you know, "R.I.P. I miss my dogs like Mike Vick." It's so funny. So funny. Amazing. Um, I, this is up there for favorite song for me too. Uh, I'm not sure if it's number one, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's it's sick. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of Beach about really, like like minimal, but like it works. It's very like dark and foreboding. Yeah, and this is like the first track on it that's very much like a storytelling track. Uh, the the past two songs are more about concept, I would say um but the like, family theme which i think comes up a yeah. lot in this album this is like the this is like the most obvious one really the song's about mm-hmm. him and his siblings yeah which by the way he has six siblings yeah yeah um but yeah so he um yeah it's basically about just like his family bonding over just like fighting people uh yeah. Also, the like little hook thing is really good at this song too. The like, yes. um, 
<laughs> when you fall down, stand up, get a bandage. I ain't got cheeseburger mm-hmm. money. Make a sandwich. Why are you being bad? See your dad get your ass whipped. Seven crackhead, bad kids in a caravan. Like, you can tell awesome. us about, like, a ragtag group of siblings and, like, you know, some of his parents gets mentioned with, like, their influence and, like, the hook, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's little, yeah. like, there's interludes in the song where it's him talking with his siblings about the event that he ends up talking about in, like, the last verse of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the story is sick, like, in the sense, like, he tells it so well, right? Yeah. Right, like, it's him, his siblings, uh, his, I think it's his brother, right? Who's a football mm-hmm. player? Yeah, you know, yeah, talking. He it, talks about. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. I was just saying. I was just saying with you. Yeah. At first of all, you can tell he loves his family. Like he, you know, gives his. He mm-hmm. talks about his brother as like an athlete, but he's on his smart shit. Black man using his mind. It's a target on your forehead. Got to stay on point like a marksman. And then he talks about kind of like, you can see this, right? Like you know, he graduated, so we head into the blue state, fam celebrating, Granny cooking up with a few cakes, like, everyone's hanging out, they're celebrating, they're taking pictures of him with his diploma, and then, like, after, like, you know, you know, then tonight's gonna be a movie, what's a Blu-ray, you know, Jid's got mm-hmm. on some new J's, got a fresh haircut, they head to, they head to the, they, you know, they take the city, it's him, his siblings, some of the football players, and as he describes it, a couple other professionals, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple other professionals that's funny and then, um, like, yeah and then like what happens right? like, his sisters go to the bathroom and they get in a fight <laughs> yeah apparently it's gotten to a fight with some other ladies in the bathroom like and he says like all he saw from the VIP couch was someone swinging his sister in the mouth and mm-hmm. then, then he gets really aggressive and the energy picks up with the story because he talks about the bouncer blocking the door but you know, the whole team bust that motherfucker down. Now we fighting in the streets, like 10 against 23. And then, you know, the I was 17, swinging on any and everything. Also, the, the like, little sound effect about his brother bing-binging someone like he was at a boxing ring. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's great. Bing-bing, see my brother. Also, another great alliteration. Bing-bing, yeah. see my brother doing buddy like a boxing ring. Yeah. Ra's got that bitch <laughs> doing the hair weave sling. And this is my favorite line. <laughs> That's a great so line. beautiful. Beaten ass was like a family. <laughs> awesome. So great. That's great. Fighting together made us tighter in spite of how we would argue and scream. But, I, like, I think, like, if you are in a family with, like, siblings, like, I think this really does tap into a dynamic. Like, especially, like, that line particularly. Siblings fight a lot, especially when they're growing up. It's just so easy because everybody's a hothead when they're growing up and, like, you're just constantly around each other. Yeah. But there's almost, like, some innate sense that, like, you like that you should protect each other. Yeah, it's like and someone it's, does something to one of your siblings, it's like, oh, it's on site. Like, I'm not Yeah, exactly. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it happens. And, like, I, I mean, it happened. One, it's the one fight I ever got into was because uh, this one kid was being mean to John when I was growing up. Um, yeah it's like it's like yeah so it's like we can be yeah. mean to each other because there's a mutual understanding here you don't get to come in on this yeah exactly so you wind up yeah it's it's just like like that protective instinct kicks in so it's 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 it, like it's it's interesting like him tapping into that and it's like it's just a very true thing that you know if you have siblings yeah and the way the rap part of this ends where first of all alliteration again pack is inside of a paddy wagon we sardines mm-hmm. to talk about the we sardines the saltine crackers that want to shackle us and change. Hilarious. <laughs> Great. Talking about them getting arrested and then let go pretty quickly. 
And then the way it ends with, we like a gang, mom and pop will probably be proud and ashamed. Pound for pound, my sister Precious never lost a fade. And the way it ties back into the hook with the got up off the ground and she could hear my father saying, when you fall down, stand up, get the band. Mm-hmm. I ain't got... That was sick. The tie-in back to the hook was insanely good. Yeah, that was awesome. And then it's really fun when you hear the outro. It's literally them talking about that situation. And the story is funny. Mm-hmm. We're like... You know, someone opens the stall door and this girl is, is peeing. Like, I think it's one of his siblings was like peeing and then she pulled her pants up and then started fighting with her. <laughs> like, so good. Yeah. Great song. Great song. Next song, Can't Punk Me. The song is just energy. Hard. Energy. The song is hard. hard. Yes. Pull out the punk, can't punk me, bitch. Pull out the punk. <laughs> like, I... For the interest of time, I don't think we can spend like a ton of time on every song. Um, but for this one, like all I really have to say, Earth Gang, their energy is so incredible. Like yeah, Earth Gang's energy with Jid on this, they they they've yeah. known each other from before Dreamville. I think Spillage Village was their like group mm-hmm. collective that they both were a part yeah. of. Their chemistry is great. The energy is great. It's such a fun, punchy song with a lot of. It's got punkish energy, right? It's like really yelpy. Mm-hmm. Also, the thing I liked, I, I, it feels like this when I'm listening. The beginning, the beat starts kind of slow. And as Jid starts ramping up, the beat also starts, like, the franticness starts building. That was done. Yeah. The, like, no, yeah, that was crazy. Building the pace. Like, the way the beat kind of ebbs and flows when, like, because mm-hmm. it happens with Johnny Venus and Doc, both of Earth Gang, when they, like, kind of slow it down and they pick it back up, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's a great song. I'm just gonna shout out Doc. I think is the one who says is Doc. He says something about like, okay, pull out the pump can, punk me, crocodile Dundee, crocodile Dundee. Like it just sounds cool. Like is it nonsense? A little crocodile Dundee, crocodile Dundee, crocodile front teeth. But is this way too sensitive? Touchy is it aunties? You know, like yeah. There's, there's a little bit of like goofiness to it, but like it's fun. Like you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we can appreciate just like this fun, energetic song. So that's my take on it. Yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Actually, I was wrong. This next song is technically the first single for the Forever Story. Surround oh, Sound came right. out well yeah. before, but Dance yeah, Out like, yeah. came. Dance Out came out with the album also being announced. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you knew the album was coming out, but Surround Sound just came out and you didn't know anything. The song's sick. Great sample. Yeah. Great yeah. beat switch. I love Twenty One's feature. My own features, fantastic. He's, He's so good at features. Yeah, me and my he money just has attached like... emotionally. Yeah, that that's just such a funny line to open with, just saying, like, me and my money attached emotionally. I get to question if you get too close to me. And then, of course, later on, Pillsbury man, I keep dough with me. <laughs> she giving me slurp, and I'd even pull my pants down, jump the box side <laughs> to the other side. It's always a man down. Dude, 20, 21's got to be so funny to hang out with, right? We call him Mickey like, Talks with the Cops. <laughs> Every single time I, I think about 21, I do think about that video of, like, Jake Paul with him. And I think about, like, how, like, clearly, like, pissed off he was in that scenario. Like, this is not and just like, like him, him, how funny he was, though. Like, he just, like, was falling asleep next to him. Like, you know, he was like trying. He was playing like 
firework and Jingle Bell Rock and trying to do like bits with him. And then 21 just like put on his own song. It just was like not like just throwing his hand like left and right barely like with any emotion. Um, yeah. And I just he's, think about that because of how funny he is and like he's all, a his, all his songs. Like he's just, he, he's incredible. He's so funny. Yeah. And Baby Tate, like, I don't know much about her. She has a really nice little bridge. I kind of wish yeah. I could hear more of her. And I'll probably maybe go at some point check out her music because I do hear good things. She's a nice, she does a nice top bridging into the beat switch, which, once again, the production on this album is so good. And, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't let things get stale because if it feels like, okay, this beat's overstated, it's, nope, switch. Here's yep. a new one. Switch, a new switch, one. switch. Also, I uh, I will say something about production as we like approach the back half of the album, but like I'll keep that thought till then. Yeah, and my one highlight line, or what about the Jid highlight line on? It's after the beat switch where he says, uh, "Most of my partners and have papas just a popped condom, couple kids with Alzheimer's, forty on his side. Boy, you might all start he on the block." <laughs> awesome, amazing, dude! It's so visual too, right? The idea of just like most of his friends and have kids. Or didn't have uh, mm-hmm. dads, and when he says they have a couple of kids with Alzheimer's, it's like they just don't like they like forget about that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like they don't know that stuff. That part of their life doesn't exist. So like it's a very kind of sad. It's a very sad sentiment, but it's expressed in mm-hmm. this very like slick and quick way. Yeah, absolutely. Surround sound great. Next, Cody Blue Thirty One, one of the most beautiful songs. Oh my god! I, th- this is like my other favorite. Um, Jid can sing, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> really I, well. I did not realize how well he could sing. He's done it like, in pieces on the other two, but like he could, he was singing on this. Oh my god, he was singing, man! The song's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah, no, he sounds beautiful on it. Um, he, it's, it really is like um. How should I say? It's kind of a therapy track, but like a prayer. It it's a very, it's church inspired, right? Because I mean, yeah. he broke up in Atlanta, the South. Church probably a big part of his life, or he definitely yeah, it, went it, on Sundays with his fam. Yeah, it it definitely seems like it's it's like sort of prayer because he he does start it out with just saying, um, "As I lay myself to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep." It's just like a really common. Um, it's like a super common like before bed prayer that people say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even an answer Sandman, if you remember. That's like right. uh, it, it, the Metallica song at like at the breakdown of it. It's yeah. the prayer they say in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like um, it, it it it's it's interesting because it seems like he's kind of like phrasing it like as like I'm going to bed like here are kind of the thoughts I'm having. Um, he's like, you know, he's got pressure. He has like all these people counting on him, but he has to keep pushing on, or as he says, swinging on, which is kind of like the, the swinging winds up with like a few meanings in the track. Uh, mm-hmm. In the sense, it's just like moving forward. Um, but also later on, it means like uh, fighting, like, yeah. like keep on swinging little sis, keep on swinging little bro. Uh, and I'm about to swing on t- Terry Payne because he said my sister ho. Um, uh, and then there's and stuff he... about the swinging on the, like, from, like, you know, lynching, black people mm-hmm. being hung sort of thing. 
Yeah. And then there's some stuff, there's like parts like, you know, like that really resonate, like, you know, and my obsession with success by definition of my own sure is death is waiting on her flesh and bones. Demon mm-hmm. calling my spirit had to click the phone. Like, there's a lot of spirituality on this. And I just learned this, uh, we're using genius as reference, is the song's title is in reference to the son of one of Jid's friends, whose name was Cody, and he played football mm-hmm. and his number was 31. But Cody mm. passed away at a young age. So Swing On, oh, Swing On is about helping Cody's family move, try and move past something so traumatic. So once mm-hmm. again, there's a lot of mean... The song's about perseverance, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. And I, I do think it's important that he kind of like framed it in like this like prayer-like religious sense because it's just like, it seems like... I, I think that, that like, especially if this was about, like, when he was a kid and, like, his friend passing away and, like, trying to help the family, I can imagine he saw a lot of people, like, including him and his family, like, leaning on their faith during that time as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's, like, kind of putting himself in the mindset of that period. And in an album that's about, like, that represents the end of this career arc that has a lot of themes mm-hmm. of family and, you know, your, your, taking care of your people, and that can be your family can be in reference to your culture race whatever right taking mm. care of those you know in your community this song is a really nice especially when like this is the third like i said the third album in a career arc and a career that has probably mm-hmm. gone through a lot of personal ups and downs for him that we aren't aware of the song about perseverance and being here with you know and like leaning on those around you i think it's really it's a really touching sentiment in general and it really fits very nicely on yeah what this album you know for an album and what it kind of represents relative to his career Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful song though man like it's go listen to it i need to go see the music video i think that's been out for a while i gotta go check oh i haven't seen it yet but i just want to say last four lines here just Mm -hmm. great i'm getting older so when the world's world's feeling enormous on your back and on your arms and your feet just as heavy you've been dragging through the storm staring at the city but you but you're trapped inside a hole get you get your back up off the ropes keep swinging on and again it's just like the it, it's a very nice inspiring message to end the song on um but again just like bringing that swinging back and giving it like one more like another definition of just like you know you can imagine like a boxer like really tired getting up and just like flailing their arms essentially you know yeah, like just like, on, fighting, like you know and like yeah. even when you're like on the ropes just like keep just do whatever you can to keep and I say like about family and community and people like Jid is very much proud of his roots in the mm-hmm. ATL area. Right. So like the concept of like, you know, you're staring at the city, but you're trapped inside a hole. Like don't like, you know, you might feel trapped whether you're in Atlanta or anywhere really. And you see mm-hmm. this, you feel like there's an out, there's a world that's just beyond your grasp because maybe you don't have the socioeconomic status to get there or you don't, you know, there's plenty of obstacles that can stop people from getting where they want to be. So the concept of just like not like don't stop keep going even if you're flailing yeah. just don't stop it's a beautiful sentiment it's a very nice way to close mm-hmm. the song and it, i mean a lot of people's favorite song is this one and it makes sense it's pretty its message is touching and connects with people on very different levels and you don't have to be religious to connect with it if you're religious i no. feel like it just connects in a there's another like an added element to it for sure but it's not you yeah. know you, it's yeah. not a song that requires a devotion to faith or anything like that you need to have read the Bible three times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I think it might be my favorite track. It's that or Crack Sandwich, yeah. personally. 
Um, so the next track is Brudenham. Do you have a lot mm -hmm. to say about it? Because if you do, then we can take a quick break and come back. But if you don't, we can talk about it and then take a break. Um, I feel like we should just take a quick break. Well, actually, this is the end of the first half of the album, so we can take a break after this. I don't have a ton to say about it. Uh, I was just going to mention, I feel like Lil Durk recorded his reverse uh, remotely or in like a different studio. It just felt like it for some reason. It's still a good verse, but like the way he like jumps down the track felt like for some reason it feels like it was like recorded in a different place. It's like it's a weird. I don't know. I can't explain it, but it's just something I picked up. I, I like his verse a lot. I'm not trying to like you know. It's a really good song, but it's something I noticed. It's once Jid's Jid singing again, beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. The song is a really nice beat. The song is really smooth, and I like I love the sentiment of the song. Yeah, about friendship, brotherhood. But not like literally like just guys, by the way. There's literally a line in the post course where it goes, and if my brothers say let's slide, well, then my sister's sliding too. It's about like, you know, it's about family, mm -hmm. like the people close to you, your brothers, right? Yeah. And I know I sound super white. Like I sound super white wise when I say brotherdom because I'm probably not saying it with like the right inflection or mm -hmm. accent on it. But that's what the, I mean, that's the title tells you all you need to know, right? It's a song about brotherhood, about the people in your circle, the people close to you, and the hardships that some of those people face, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, like Jid says, you know, this for my brother. You know, he said, this, like I said, the song's not just like, it's literally, you know, he says, this for my brother, here for the woman, the woman, my brothers. And then he says, most of them be realer than y'all because there's that stereotype that like women are usually excluded, right? From like the idea of a brother. Yeah. Like, nah, your inner circle can be whoever you fuck with heavily, family, friends, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no exclusion on the basis of you being a woman or being a man. So I think that's kind of like, it was nice that that's in there. Yeah. And Lil Dirk's verse ends really sad. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he basically says, like, just two of his uh, brothers died. Um, I'm, which I think that's talking about, like, King Von and someone else. I forget who else, but. Um, it's tough. Yeah, it's not tough. tough. Like I said, his verse is really great. Again, I felt like it was recorded in like a different room, but it's still really great. Yeah, I, I I get what yeah. you're saying. I do like the yeah. outro too by Mustafa the poet here. There's a really, I think it really it tight it, it really like reinforces I think the messaging of mm -hmm. the song. You know, I see yeah. you, I love you. Do you feel it? We're still here. You reach, and the sword can't be near. You reach for it. You reach for him. You reach for these dreams. Two wraps and this do rag. Two straps and wrap for dinner. Take care of your skin. Take care of your liver. I won't let the bin. I won't let you wither. Beautiful mm -hmm. song about friendship, brotherhood, and those close to you, and like that brotherhood. You know, yeah. my shooter, my killer, my dog, my guy, whatever word you want to use for it. It's a great once mm -hmm. again. Like this, like the messaging on this album is so on point. Yeah, absolutely. Thematically well done, right? A song about perseverance followed by a song about those close to you and your brotherhood. Beautiful. And it brings us to a good stopping point halfway through this album. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll pick up uh, again with the back half. Yep. All right. We are back. Yes, sir. Uh, we didn't really, because of the Zoom overlords, we weren't able to do a proper segue there. So how are we going from Tradcast and their hovel in New York to this topic? um let me think for one second yeah i mean like these trad cats like they really treat like dime square like it's the great land of oz you know 
hey, mm. I know a doctor named Oz. And he's running for the Senate. <laughs> Every day, I become less convinced he's a real doctor, even though he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very real surgeon. Apparently, he was a good one back in the day. But I don't know. So the reason I brought up, when we were like planning what we were going to talk about, I brought up Oz because since moving to PA, specifically Philly, whenever I go out and like the bar has like a TV or the restaurant has like a TV, there's always an Oz ad playing, whether it's an attack ad against Oz or a pro Oz ad. And it's inescapable, this guy. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Oz is actually like, Rhino is a term that means like Republican in name only that gets tossed around by like conservative guys about just like, you know, anyone, like any Republican that's not like 100% conservative. So, for example, Mitt Romney, Rhino, because he occasionally like, did, like voted against Trump on things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch McConnell, Rhino. <laughs> Because he, like, didn't defend Trump's right to uh, overthrow the election or something. Right. So, Ryan is a term that gets thrown around a lot. Dr. Oz is the first person that I actually look at and I go, Rhino. Because... You, you feel like he's just doing this... Well, he, he's, he he's, he's an obvious fraud, yeah. Like, that's the biggest thing. This is a great... Um, it is a grift. It's 100% a grift. He just wants to get into politics. He's never been conservative before. And I'll, I'll like pull up some of his like old things about that, but he's, he, he's the absolute definition of just a grifter. Running also, I have a question. So there's probably like, and I have like an article here, that's why it yeah. kind of comes up. There's three like celebrity Republican Senate candidates, right? Oz, Herschel former Walker. NFL player Herschel Walker, and yeah. J.D. Vance. Yes, J.D. What's J.D. Vance for? JD was uh the guy who wrote Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, the the movie like the the book that the movie that movie that, 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 that I hated. You hated. Yeah. yeah, that guy. He he's so, a venture capital guy, pretty much. Yeah, and aren't all three of their campaigns not like going too hot? I think they're all down right now in the polls. Like, maybe Herschel's like tied. Number same. Well, it's because they say. As part of the group, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think Herschel. No, Herschel, Herschel's down. Herschel's down. Nor JD. But yeah. like, I think part of his, all three of them, they just say wild shit. Yeah. Oz I mean, it obviously also, it does also, because it's part of the plan, I guess. It, it didn't help that Herschel Walker was like, us black men need to be responsible parents and then had like three secret children. That all came out during his campaign. Is not great. Yeah. Yeah. Vo- voters typically don't like him like that, but. Especially when you act like you have like a moral superiority, like Trump. Also, vo- yeah, voters. I'll say this: voters didn't care about that with Trump particularly because, like, he never said he was a better person. Either. I feel like a lot of, and we can, on a broad scale, a lot of politicians, specifically Republican ones, yeah, have tried to do the Trump shtick with like the the way they the, like the absurd remarks and the mm-hmm. way to talk. Yeah. And we like read like a Trump thing last episode. Trump's a fucking bad dude. He's a crazy mm-hmm. ass motherfucker. But no one does it like he does. Like no one's. No. No, we talked he's about. Got, no he one does is like he insane. Does. He's beyond yeah. comprehension when like we try and write stuff or like because the dude's fucking off his shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's crazy. He's gone. I yeah. don't know how to explain it, but like no one else can do the the absurdity of him as well as him. 
and a lot of people yeah. try they try to be as absurd as he is marjorie is like probably the like is she's she's some i think she's way she's wilder she, than he is she's like, more absurd but she's also like 10 times more unhinged than him like yeah she she's, she's like, like genuinely crazy you and on nonsense yeah. you know trump trump is a grifter and he's like a bad person marjorie taylor green is just like just genuinely a crazy person like i like it might be kind of insensitive to say that but it's like actually true like it, she absolutely is just not living in reality yeah she's she like there's levels to it and i feel like yeah. a lot of politicians a lot of them don't want to commit themselves to go to a marjorie taylor green level because no. they're um and then a lot of them try to go for like the trump stuff and even then that's like he's like too problematic for some of them to even do that and so i, I mean also on top of it like i said like trump is just he's a character like it's hard to do that again and also mm-hmm. people can see that too it's like oh, you're just trying to be trump jr and it doesn't work and i feel like i mean well that it doesn't work because there's already a trump jr and everybody hates him <laughs> exactly there could only be one yeah, and there's everyone, only one, and everyone hate hates that him guy already. too. But he somehow yeah. manages to win. So like, also, who's also going up against Fetterman? John Fetterman. He's not. He isn't. Do people like Fetterman? I don't know much. I'm not from PA. Or he like he was the lieutenant governor before now. He like I I think like it's it's so hard to like. He's the big dude that. with the hoodies, right? Yeah, yeah. People people overall, I think, like him in Pennsylvania. Um. It's it's so hard for me to imagine that like in a midterm election that there's an open seat and like the opposite party's not going to get it, but I really think Oz is that bad of a candidate. That and people like open Fetterman seat. more, right? Like Fetterman as a person is more likable, I guess. Well, yes, because he's not a massive fraud like Oz is. Like he, even if you disagree with everything, like he's like had like the same beliefs for a long time, and he's just not a massive fraud. Like, how, okay how left is Fetterman anyway is he like Sanders he's pretty liberal he's pretty liberal I wouldn't say quite Sanders but he's pretty liberal and on top of that isn't he actually from Pennsylvania <laughs> he is yes that's the biggest fraud part of all of this Oz is from Jersey <laughs> yeah so like to, I just want to give you that is like the biggest fraud yeah he, he's from New Jersey and he's running in Pennsylvania and his like he's listing his address as like his stepmother's house like the, the man is just not from here but listen, I want to give you like two examples of how and this is literally sounds like a page okay um so in in 2022 oz announced that he was that he supported overturning the roe v wade decision and was against abortion except when a pregnant person's life is in danger or in cases of rape or incest okay pretty Mm -hmm. standard republican position um prior to 2019 so three years right Oz had previously previously supported abortion rights. He said he publicly said that he disliked abortion on a personal level, quote unquote, without further reasoning. But he saw the effects of unsafe and illegal abortions prior to the Roe v. Wade decision, uh, and he also noted that he was opposed to the six week abortion ban as well. <laughs> so, like, he went from like a belief that I think you can have, which is. Personally, I don't like abortions, but I think they're, they they should exist and people should be able to get them if they need to. To, to full-on, like, abortion basically should be illegal in the U.S. And then... Yeah, so um, that's one thing. Right? That's one thing. Uh, LGBTQ, all right? Uh, in 2010, Oz hosted and offered support to transgender youth and their families on his TV show, which 
2010. That's actually like really brave to do, honestly. That's uh, ahead of the popular media cycle very, on it. Yeah. yeah, that's a few years ahead. In 2012, after facing criticism for hosting a guest who supported a pseudoscientific reparative or conversion therapy on the show, he announced that he is opposed to conversion therapy and called the conversion therapy dangerous. Uh, he's had guests from GLAD on his show who spoke out against convert, conversion therapy. Um, he has since then enacted federal protections, or he's endorsed enacting federal protections of same-sex marriage, uh, but he has also supported legislation to prohibit transgender people from participating in sports divided by gender. And uh, he said the transgender youth movement is based on false science. And that's recent so, off stuff, the last yes. couple points. Yes. Yeah, so he's a fraud on all of his beliefs. He's trying to mm -hmm. grift because obviously if you try to go the other way, Fetterman's probably getting the bid over him, right? Yeah. So it's not going to work anything. Well, there was, no, there was just like no one running in the PA Senate. Toomey retired. And he was a senator for like, I think like one or two terms. And like, they really didn't have anybody like that had the sauce, you know? And also, so why not Jersey? Uh, they, I guess they had some people with the sauce. Like Jersey, probably like there's an incumbent one who's probably just going to win again. Probably. I, I mean, and also Jersey's like much more liberal than Pennsylvania. Like you technically have a shot. If you aren't the worst candidate ever, this is a winnable race in Pennsylvania. And he's one of the worst candidates you've ever seen. He, I think he might be the worst one I've seen. He is entertaining in his failures. Like, let, let's talk about the yeah. most recent Oz moment, the fucking grocery store video. Dude. Of course. Yeah. First of all, mispronouncing the store. What store was he in? Um, he was either in a Wegmans or a Redner's, and he called it a Wegmans. <laughs> also, before we even get into this video, uh, if you have not seen it, you can find it if you're interested in seeing it. Mm -hmm. To give you an idea of how bad it was, uh, according to CNBC, Fetterman's campaign says it's raised $500,000 in the 24 hours since that video was posted. Yeah. It was so bad, the, his opponent raised money off of it. <laughs> yes, he was selling uh, Wagner's coup d'etat uh, pins. We're <laughs> just raising money for him. So, in the video, calls Mr. Wagner's, and what is he there to do? Yeah, uh, he's there to get uh, ingredients for uh, crude attack, just like every uh, average American. <laughs> what were his ingredients? Uh, broccoli, asparagus. A lot of broccoli, a lot of asparagus, a, a five-pound five bag, bag of carrots. <laughs> the video's point, right? It's, it's an inflation video. Yeah, to be like, wow, How this expensive is so expensive. He bought a five fucking pound bag of carrots. No shit, that was not cheap for carrots. He's literally just making a vegetable tray but being pretentious about it. You can just buy a vegetable. You can go to Wegmans. It's a veggie tray. Yeah. You can go to Wegmans and buy a vegetable tray for much cheaper than that. It's pre-made. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to Regner's. I don't know. if They probably also sell vegetable trays. Yeah. I like. Also, I've never seen guac and fresh sauce on a veggie tray. That was so funny, being like guacamole, fresh salsa, $6? $6 for salsa? He was apparently asked about his, like, gas, and he just said he was tired. Oh, my God. The quote is, this is for Business Insider, uh, the quote asked from news, uh, interviewed or asked by Newsmax is Sean Crazman, 
Um, I was exhausted. I've gotten my kids' names wrong as well. I don't think that's a measure of one's ability to run the Commonwealth. Oh my god, he's so mad. Oh, okay. Whoever is like just like letting like running his campaign is stealing money from him. It's incredible. And then there's he goes on to say like so. Then Kreisman also said like, "Hey, are you relatable? You know, because you're calling a veggie chick crudite." And Oz said he rolled up his sleeves his whole life, and then he said, "I when I joke about a crudite, it's a way of speaking about how ridiculous it is you can't even put vegetables on a plate in the middle of a campaign." Or something. What? <laughs> when what? I joke about a crudite, which is a way of speaking about how ridiculous it is that you can't even put vegetables on a plate in the middle of a campaign to do whatever we need to do to make sure the people of Pennsylvania respect what we're about. We're going to work as hard as we can to fix their problems. It's what I've done my whole life. You're from New Jersey. You're from New Jersey, man. You're from New Jersey. Oh, my God. He sucks so bad. It's so crazy. Could, could you imagine being, like, really, like, in Dr. Oz? Like, like, really into his campaign? Be like, oh, he's speaking to me. Like, let me also, tell you, he's, he's my camera. Bettervid is running it up on him right now. It's hilarious. Yes. He's okay, like, like, he quote tweeted it and said, in Pennsylvania, we call this a veggie tray. They took a right. picture of him with the veggie tray, a video of him with the veggie tray saying, uh, if this looks like anything other than a veggie tray, don't vote for me. <laughs> then posted a picture of him holding the veggie tray, and the caption is, ooh, crudite. <laughs> <laughs> If you donate any amount to his campaign, like, I, you get a free sticker that says, Wegners, let them eat crudite. Look, I don't care about politics at all in like, this particular He's situation. He's but yeah, like, I, I've literally been sending to like to my old like to my older brother, Larry. I've just been sending him like Fetterman posts of him just dunking on everything Oz does and just saying him. like, alpha moves only. Like, it's like, it's so easy for him. Right I, I, like you said, the at this point, Fetterman's just going to win off the vibes. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just con he's just making odds. He also, has a, so he also has a competent campaign team. Yes. It, like, they're, 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 they're mean, like, they, they make memes. Like, oh, great. People love it. Like, oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's social media. That's how you manage social media. Hey, hey there's a moment we can make a joke on that will get yeah. engagement. Do it. Like, anyone who's like, wow, it's so, oh, of course, he makes a meme about it. There's a reason he does. It works. Those tweets have a shit ton of likes. Mm -hmm. made five, they've raised 500K in the 24 hours since that video went up. They raised 500K? That's what I told you, Oz, yeah. I, I, I didn't even hear that. Oz, you idiot. <laughs> and, like, yeah, how bad has it been? In our Twitter group chat, there was just a string of tweets making fun of Dr. Oz in our DMs. God, you moron, Oz. He sucks let's, not, so let's not even bad. talk about the shitty CG John Fetterman ad that mm -hmm. Larry sent us. That was terrifying. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, what's in his head? There's a bong. It's like, oh, look at that. And then Larry just being like, what's wrong with Dr. Oz's neck? Yeah, dude. I, I, I just want to say, like, so Fox, Fox News is like a pretty good polar, honestly. Like they usually do pretty well. They currently have Fetterman up eleven. Oh, Fetterman up! It's a dub. It's a wrap. Like, look, anything can happen. Still, I'm not gonna say it's over, over, but like, dude, it's so over. Like, it's it's so over, man. 
it, it's it is like one of the most embarrassing runs I've ever seen for political office. This man is just like I'm genuinely like convinced at this point this is all like a big humiliation fetish for Oz. Like I, it's it's unbelievable, man. He's God, he sucks so bad. Yeah, like and not I only, think the other like, thing right, yeah. sorry, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say, like, it's it's not only the fact that like he's he's such a fake like Republican that like voters like just sense it immediately with him. He's also like again, he's not just a rhino, he's a pino, man. He's a Pennsylvanian in name only. Oh my god. And what what's funnier to me, right, is Look, I'm not saying I don't know much about Oz's backstory. Like Oz was a doctor. That takes a level of hard work. I'm not gonna discredit him for that. Sure, yeah. Work hard for that. Surgeon. Very work time. But like I think from a visual perspective, right? Like a lot of people like and like you see this, and it's like a big part of like Trump's campaign, right? Yeah. You try to relate to your base in some way. Trump said outrageous bullshit, but he was people felt seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Oz. How is he connecting with anyone? He's calling veggie trees crudites. He's going to Wegman. He's spending $20 on shit that you don't need to make a veggie tray. And like, Betterman's campaign manager literally said, John actually understands what it's like to go grocery shopping and see prices go up. Oz has clearly never been to a grocery store before. That's awesome. It's true. That, when was the last time this man went to a grocery store? Exactly. It feels like if you remember a while ago, a long time ago, there was like that Ellen segment where like Bill Gates guessed like grocery price and then he got yeah. like all wrong. Yeah. And it was like, wow, like, yeah, when was the last time this fucker needed to ever shop for anything? And the point of that segment, rich people are out of touch. That's the joke. I get it. But like, yeah. Dr. Oz the, owns the, 10 Dr. houses. Yeah. He owns 10 and none of them are in Pennsylvania? Uh, <laughs> Let's find out from the Rolex. No, that's code. true. He he doesn't have a house in Pennsylvania, or he, he or he's buying one at least. He says he legitimately owns two houses or whatever. Uh, in PA? Public records show Oz owns a total of ten properties in both the United States and Turkey, including yeah. a nine thousand square foot mansion and a condo in New Jersey. He does have a house in Pennsylvania, two condos in Manhattan, a beachfront mansion in Palm Beach, Florida, a farm in Okeechobee, Florida, and then two residential properties in Turkey, along with a student dorm in turkey what i don't know if he's like building that or something and then his wife owns two properties of her own located in Nanny, new jersey that's so, so he fun, owns though. so many properties god dude he's got he just has no swag like that's the biggest thing in all of this this man's got no swag no swag and he's getting dunked on Buy a motherfucker in a hoodie. That's what six dollars for salsa. That's what makes it funnier too. It's like this Oz has all this money and he's throwing it into this campaign. And this dude at a hoodie is like, "Yeah, we call it a veggie tray, and that's all it takes." Mm-hmm. Not to say fatter, like I'm not shitting on fatter for a hoodie, but like a guy who like he doesn't need to put in as much bullshit. You know what I mean? To try and sell a book, he's just like, "Yeah, hey guys." <laughs> We call this a veggie tray, am I right? And that motherfucker is selling stickers, making money, and dancing on your political grave at this point. It, it is amazing because, like, Dr. Oz, like, once he loses this race, it's so over him, you know? What is he going to do? Go back to TV? Like, he can, but he's just going to be humiliated. Like, I, I just can't even imagine. He's like, no one's going to respect him. Yeah. And you know what? I think 
a lack of respect is a good way to tie up this episode. Lack of respect for Oz because mm-hmm. he's a fraud. These trad Catholics and these denizens of the New York block of trad Catholics are frauds. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Just it's just sad. <laughs> no respect for themselves, I guess. God, dude. It's amazing. Like, I think the most like deluded people right now are like Oz thinking he can win the election against Fetterman with like this current line he's on right now. And people, and anyone who refers to the Catholic Church as the hottest club in New York. That and uh, Liz Cheney after losing in the Republican primary was like, I think I might run for president. <laughs> She will be the Democratic nominee in 2024 for VP. I, I, I'm kidding, but that would be incredible. Um, so that'd be so dumb. Was do you know about the whole Liz Cheney thing, Vassal? I don't want to talk about Liz Cheney. I, I've heard murmurings of it. She was like one of the Republicans that like was like for impeachment of Trump, and it just like she just got demolished in a primary because of it. Like, it's like she did the right thing, and like, but also, God like, you have shafted. to. Your career is over. Like, it, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you can't run for president. Your career is over. And Oz might take such an insurmountable L that he might just be gone. He's done. It's over for him now. Well, there you have it. Don't, mm-hmm. be, a, don't be a trad cat, period, probably, right? I wouldn't recommend it. Just <laughs> do Vatican II, Catholicism. On better. top of that, don't be a trad cat just to be different. I'm not like other girls. I'm a trad cat. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, don't run for government office in a place that you're not even from. And also, mm-hmm. before we end up, shout out to that one fucking dude who completely missed the point by saying saying Dr. Oz isn't from here is like anti-Muslim or whatever. Yeah, I saw that. That's insane. It's literally because he's not from New Jersey. Uh-huh. It yeah. has nothing to do with him being Muslim or him being his family being from Turkey. It's literally him not being from Pennsylvania. It's and not just, really having and not really having enough ties to justify. It. He, he's so bad, man. He's so bad. And with that, that was another episode of the Half and Half Podcast. Absolutely. This podcast probably gets less traction than the Wet Brain podcast, but we have <laughs> morals, damn it. Absolutely. And that's what matters. That's what matters. All right. All, All right. y'all take it easy. Yes, sir. And as we always say. Yes, sir. Stay creamy. There you go. Stay creamy, y'all. Peace out. Peace out. Bye.